0: Happy New Year, everybody. 2019 is here, and that can only mean one thing. We are getting closer to opening day in Major League Baseball. And that means the Chicago Cubs are getting ever so closer for pitchers and catchers to report. How you doing, everybody? Ryan Lieber along with Chad Gordon, and welcome to the Friendly Confines. Chad, Happy
1: New Year. How are you? I'm doing great, and you know what they always say, and what we've always said forever and ever is just wait till next year. Well, next year, we're inside of 100 days before The home opener at Wrigley, and then we are less than a month and a half away from uh, spring training, uh, springtime baseball in Arizona. I cannot wait. So glad to be back.
0: Connecting with you, Ryan. It's great to talk to you as well, and welcome back, everybody, to our first edition of the new year of the Friendly Confines. So much to catch up on as we address so many things that have happened to the Cubs in the last few months after their loss to the Colorado Rockies in the wild card game. We will get to all that, and we will start, of course, with the first inning. And, of course, we have a huge, huge guest on the program, Carrie Musket, longtime oh, writer so awesome. for MLB.com. Of course, if you're a Cub fan, you have read her, Carrie's work. Um, she's done so many great things. She has, of course, a book out, the author of Banks to Sandberg to Grace, five decades of love and frustration with with uh, the Chicago Cubs. And, of course, you can find Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Musket, if you want to uh, follow all things going on with her. But, Chad, let us begin as we start in the first inning and let us address the big news of the offseason for the Chicago Cubs. Of Certainly there was tons of big news, but this is probably the biggest. Joe Madden and the Chicago Cubs go into the season In a lame duck year Madden is in the final year of his five year contract with the Cubs and Joe Madden who won the World Series and you and I have talked about this before you would have thought that whoever won the World Series for the Chicago Cubs would have a lifetime contract and you and I are actually possibly talking about a situation where Joe Madden might be managing his final season with the Chicago Cubs. What was your takeaway? When Theo Epstein said, this is how we're going to go into it, and we feel both fine about going into this season in Joe's final year of his contract, of him potentially not coming back in 2020. You know, I
1: thought it was, I thought the way they handled it and the discussions that they had, everybody seemed to be on the same page. There didn't seem to be any strife. But I've got to tell you, Rhino, I've come around a little bit more to your thinking. In the past, I said it wasn't that big of a deal to me. But now, you know, really thinking about it, you know, there's one of two thoughts here. One is... You know, the, they are using this as, as, as a ploy to try to get more out of them. They didn't like what they saw out of him and in the, in, in the way the team um, has adjusted since 2016. And this is an opportunity to refocus. It could be that. The other piece of it is, you know, what if Joe Madden isn't making any big push? And he, he said he hasn't. He has, hasn't asked for one. What if Joe is basically betting on himself? And if he can bring in one more, yeah, if, if he wins a title uh, in, in this coming season, yeah, he's
0: going to be able to write his own check. I, I think Madden recognizes the fact that he would love to stay with the Cubs, but he also recognizes his worth in saying, if I don't stay with this team, I'm going to be unemployed for less than a second. <laughs> yeah. Because as soon as he is let go from the Cubs, if, if he is let go from the Cubs and does not manage beyond this year, there will be a ton. I don't know how many. Let's say there will probably be five or six openings in Major League Baseball next year there will be at least every single team that has an opening, Chad, will be calling Joe Madden to be the manager of their team. So he's thinking to himself, I have have plenty of money to play with here. It's house money for him. If I stay with the Cubs, great. If not, some other team is going to give me a boatload of money to manage their team. And so it's a win-win for him, and he'll move on.
1: There is a flip side to this coin, and if you look at the way – uh, baseball has evolved and let's be honest, baseball has, has never had an evolution quite like it's had over the last few years with, with the analytics really coming to play with everyone, you know, right now, the more popular decision, you can look at a lot of different, uh, teams that have had a lot of success. They are going with the younger, former player and the person that is going to absolutely pull the strings based upon the analytics, um, and in the sabermetrics, and all those different things, and who knows? You know, the the, the other thought I had is it maybe there's a chance that the front office isn't getting the decisions made. Uh, Joe Madden is more on feel and more on it, you know if you like it, flaunt it sort of thing, and and, and making old school coaching decisions. Maybe they want him to uh, be more uh, aligned with uh, you know the the people in the Excel
0: spreadsheets up in the front office. Before we move on to the seconding, real quick better chance Madden is managing this team in 2020 or better chance that Madden is managing somewhere else in 2020?
1: I've got Joe Madden returning. I think Joe Madden is going to go off in the sunset
0: on his terms. That's what I believe. What do you think? Uh, right now, I think it's better odds that he is not coming back next year. And I think the Cubs may be looking for a new manager going into 2020. I that hope I'm be. wrong, but that's that's where I'm thinking right now. Let's move on to the second inning, Chad. And, of course, maybe one of the things that is going to tie Madden to whether or not he sticks around into 2020 is some of the coaching changes that have occurred. We're going to be seeing a new pitching coach, a new hitting coach, a new bench coach. The Cubs uh, definitely made some major changes. The biggest one, of course, Brandon Hyde getting promoted. He is now the new manager of the Baltimore Orioles. So my question to you is, do you feel these coaching changes were necessary, and do you think ultimately a new coaching staff in one year is going to make a difference?
1: You know, there, there's a couple different pieces to that. So, yes, they made some wholesale changes. Yes, people were jettisoned, people moved on. I mean, nobody is going to um, cry a tear for Chili Davis, uh, uh, but he quickly got picked up elsewhere. Um, you know, I think about Joe Maddon's words when he he says, you're hot, you're hot, or I'm paraphrasing there a little bit. There are some people, Brandon Hyde is one of those, that people went off and and moved on to to bigger and better positions. This is a much different situation than the front office, where the front front office basically, for the most part, has vowed to ride this out together and see this through through this window, which I think is a a smart thing to do, and they can all um, decide where they want to go after this window is over. You know, I I think it's necessary. I think um, when you look at the, the the issues that happened on the hitting side, um, I, you know, that was one of the biggest decisions that needed to be made. The bench coast, you know, is anybody really aligned with what Brandon Hyde did last year and his impact? No, but that's a big name and Mark Loretta is going to have a big impact and he could be a face of the future for the franchise as well. You know, you didn't mention um, that Bob Tewksbury is, which I love the team's
0: mental skills coordinator, which I didn't know that was the thing. Well, I find it interesting because wasn't Tewksbury a guy who was one of the first pitchers in the eighties to go to like, uh, basically a psychiatrist yeah. to talk to him about his pitching low. Yeah. So maybe is that where this comes in? I feel like he was kind of one of the first guys to develop that uh, back in the day, the sports psychologist sort of thing. So maybe that is something that uh, it could prove to be something valuable for this team. We should mention that the Cubs uh, I hope I'm getting his name right. Tommy Hotvey as their new pitching coach. He replaces Jim Hickey. And then uh, Termel Sledge is uh, the assistant hitting coach uh, for the Cubs as well. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely some changes that, you know, the Cubs are going to be making some some moves here. And I hope that, you know, the, these pay off. But, again, as we both know, Jad, you know, the coaches can only do so much. Yeah. Uh, and Chili Davis, of course, was it was always kind of an odd pairing to begin with. He didn't really have the best uh, separation when the Red Sox uh, let him go, and then he got picked up by the Cubs because he really didn't do wonders for the the Red Sox. And the Red Sox started hitting the ball, the cover off the ball, as soon as he yeah. left. So yeah. it was never a good fit for them. Um, and and so hopefully um, these changes, you know, do something um and and they can they can at least have some sort of impact Anthony Iapochi is that how you pronounce his name yeah yeah these it's it's
1: it's it's, it's an all sledge sledge is one of my favorite all-time names but yeah there's a lot of interesting names we're going to be getting used to uh in in the lineup and you know I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it's, it's not a popular decision you and I disagree on this this is still a 95 win team that underperformed and there were a lot of injuries there were a lot of other things in play and let's not Forget that Jason Hayward was actually on an upswing, and he was working um, closely with the staff and and our and and the pitching staff uh, um, actually put up some, some decent numbers as, you know, as a, a, up against the, the rest of the, the Major League Baseball. So, you know, I think it's a good time to upset the apple cart and, and to make some big changes. The window is here. We are fully within this window, and, uh, and it won't hurt um, to shake it up and, and, and not let uh, um, these
0: pros, uh, which they all are, um, get too comfortable. Uh, we move on to the third inning, Chad, and of course we've already talked about a few concerns that the Cubs are going to have to deal with. But as of now, what is your number one off-season concern as we are uh, a little uh, over a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting?
1: Well, it's interesting because you did you did say early on you felt like the cloud of of Joe Madden and his future is going to have an effect. I, I don't have that up as, as high as, as as you do. Um, you know, there's a couple things that, that I'm really concerned. We, we want to na- narrow it down to the number one concern. But my number one concern and, and, and you know, the Addison Russell shortstop situation, that's a concern. Um, where the free agents uh, are going to fall when it all, all comes into play, that's a concern. How our bullpen, we're going to talk about some of the things. Those are all concerns. My number one concern and my, my number one uh, worry is, will this team um, a year older uh, be able to stay healthy? And if they can stay healthy again, what could a ninety-five ten uh, team um, win team do if they were fully um, as close to a hundred percent as possible? So, if they can stay healthy, if they can be on the right rehab situation, if you Darvish could come back um, from his surgery, if, if if Morrow can come back, um, you know there are there are a lot of concerns around people in there just just physically um, being able to prepare to, to play at a high level, that's my number one concern. If this team comes back and we don't make any wholesale changes and everybody's healthy, I feel really confident in this team. I know that, again, not a popular decision or an opinion, rather.
0: Yeah, and and I, I, I that's where I, I disagree with you on that because I think, to your point, if you're going to stand pat with this team, and yes, they did win 95 games, but we—I'm I'm still concerned that offensively this team is limited, especially if they can't stay healthy. And we saw a lot of injuries last year to this team uh, when it came to their offensive uh, talent. I mean, obviously is Chris Bryant going to be healthy a full year? I guess for me, that would be my number one off season concern is Bryant going to return to the player that he once was. And if he is, then great, that's going to give the Cubs a added boost. But if we're going to see what we saw last year with him, where he was playing basically with one arm and playing at about 45 50 tops um that's not going to bode well because we saw what happened with this team they struggled to score runs yeah um we used to talk about how the pitching was always the concern it's not the concern anymore this team needs to figure out how to get runs uh over the plate and and if they're not able to cross home plate um then i don't care how good your pitching is we saw it chad this team is not going to win games so i am concerned that offensively this team is going to be limited. That is, uh, for me, what I am most concerned about uh, heading into the season. Now, I, th- I think you nailed it, and, and it, it, this is where
1: we're going to see in spring training what that spring looks like. If there is that sense of, of urgency, um, that's what the fans want to see. That's what I know the team wants to see. This is the window. The window, we've got a few more years left in the window, but nothing is promised tomorrow. So this is the time. You know They cannot let 2019 slip through their grasp.
0: All right, we'll move on to the fourth inning now. And, of course, the uh, big strength of this team now is definitely the starting rotation. Um, Chad, we could see a rotation that potentially could look like Cole Hamels, John Lester, Kyle Hendricks, uh, Hugh Darvish, and Jose Quintana. And that, my friend, could arguably be the best rotation in baseball as far as I'm concerned. Um, This team is loaded with pitching. And uh, let us not forget that, of course, Tyler Chatwood is also a potential sixth or fifth starter, depending on the health of you, Darvish. So my question to you is, how confident do you feel in the starting rotation as we head into 2019? You know what, Rhino? You know, I am
1: not as concerned about... uh... That and, and, and here's why you know, I've, I've said it before, and I promise I'm not going to say the words more than two more times for the rest of the recording. This was a 95 win team that had Tyler Chatwood prominently involved. This was a 95 win team that had you, Darvish, being very little of, of an impact part, in fact, was no impact whatsoever. Um, and so they still won 95. Uh, games. If you look at that lineup, you look at the rotation with Hamels being in there and kind of bouncing Chatwood out and having Johnny Lester up there and having Quintana come back and, and Hendricks doing his Hendricks thing. Um, Hamels, you Darvish, I've been saying this since you know we found out about his surgery and the fact he was actually hurt. Uh, if you Darvish can come back and be just a number three pitcher, in Major League Baseball, we kind of want him to be one, two, or three. But he—if he's just a three—that is still one heck of a rotation going into this year. So I don't have a lot of big concerns. I think this 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 uh, starting lineup. By any, if you look at the statistics, they're a, they were a top five rotation last year with all of the issues and all of the concerns they had around two of their starting five pitching pitchers rather. To add Cole Hamels, to have you Darvish come back and hopefully have uh, his issue physically cleaned up after surgery, on his way to, to rehab. This is an exciting rotation that I think is going to um, be something to, you know, every every fifth day, um, every single day of that five-day rotation is going to be somebody you want on that mound.
0: Yeah, I mean, this rotation, as far as I'm concerned, is arguably the best rotation in baseball. Um, I mean, short of...
1: So I got to tell you, I, the least of my concerns going into this year is the starting rotation. I think, you know, when you bring on Cole Hamels into play um, as, a, as, as, as somebody who, who wants to play here and, and has obviously excelled um, in his short stint that he, that he had here, he obviously is doing a lot better against National League pitching. You know, the fact that this team won 95 games um, with Tyler Chatwood prominently involved throughout the season and the fact that you, Darvish, really had no role, this is top to bottom was a top five uh, uh, um, statistically um, pitching staff last year, I think it's going to be a team that, that other teams are going to be really, really struggling to face. I'm excited about what this, this rotation is going to bring.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, if there's one bright spot for this team heading into the 2018 season that everyone should be excited about, it's this starting rotation. Even if you Darvish is not healthy and isn't able to start the season um, in the rotation and starts on the DL, you still, like you said, you got Hamels for a full year now. You got Lester. You got Hendricks, Quintana. Um, you know, this is a team that certainly, in my opinion, is arguably the best pitching rotation in baseball, short of maybe the Houston Astros, depending on what happens with Dallas Keichel. I don't think there is a single team that is better. And that's their strength and they really are going to be relying a lot on that pitching rotation. So I think it's going to do uh, wonders for um, the Cubs to have these aces because any of these guys on any day, and I'll tell you, you know, as well as I do, these guys could probably be a number one on most teams and they're going to have a guy in like Quintana, who's going to be their four, uh, who could potentially be a one and two on most other teams. So Thankfully, um, this is the big bright spot yeah. that the Cubs really have to take full advantage of. Two, two two things to note, you know.
1: One is I was so heartened to, to see, um, and, and it was it was sad to read you Darvish actually share the pain he was in because a lot of us didn't really understand that, and he was too proud to kind of share that. And him having that surgery, you know, there's a potential for you know that guy was signed as if he was going to be the, the staff ace, but if he comes in and is a number two, number three guy, um, that is still such a formidable opponent. Um, lineup so let's move on to the fifth inning and the question that everybody is talking about on twitter and i'm just going to throw it out simply to you ryan will bryce harper bryce harper who spent new year's eve with chris bryant and his wife and and bryce's wife will bryce harper chris bryant's best buddy and and childhood companion and teammate will bryce harper all world 400 million dollar man Will he be a Chicago Cub come Yeah,
0: well, and and to not take away uh, what you were just saying, but that is the $400 million question, right? Uh, Yeah, I mean, listen, I think that Bryce Harper wants to play for the Chicago Cubs. I think that Bryce Harper really does want to play right field next season for the Cubs. And from what I've been reading, uh, apparently the Cubs have told his agent, Scott Boris that they need some time to try and figure out if they can move some contracts around so they can potentially have room to put Bryce Harper in right field. And when they say move contracts, we're probably talking about Jason Hayward because Jason Hayward making about $20 million a year is the one guy that they need to move. That's on a long-term deal for at least another four years at that. A team is going to have to pick up. There's been some talk that the giants might be interested in Jason Hayward, but unless the Cubs can move Jason Hayward, I don't see Bryce Harper coming to the Chicago Cubs. If they do move Jason Hayward, which listen, the Cubs got a little bit of time because I think we can both agree Scott Boris is probably not going to have anyone sign a deal with uh, Bryce Harper until maybe a day or two before spring training actually starts. So as far as I'm concerned, the Cubs have some time here to play with this, but it's going to be tough to move that deal. They got to be able to find a training partner for Jason Hayward. And it's just a matter of, can you find a team that's willing to bite on 20 million a year for the next four years on a guy that's hitting 270. So that's, where the question bears is that possible for the cubs to be able to move that i don't
1: see it i i don't think this front office is a front office that wants to spend 400 million dollars over the next decade and and let's be honest you know bryce harper should get exactly what bryce harper should be able to get in free agency in this open market and it is so interesting You, you just touched on it the fact that that we are waiting so late into the year before any of the dominoes start to fall. So anybody that's been signed or picked up or, or anything like that is just is is inconsequential really to the future of the 2019 baseball season. When Harper signs, when Machado signs, that's going to set the market for everything else. I don't think this Cubs front office is going to be able to do it. I think the only way they would do it is if – you know, a team would, would have to take on Hayward's contract, would probably in that deal get somebody like Madison Russell thrown in there, um, get somebody like Kyle Schwarber or, or Al Moro Jr. Basically, they would have to get some other very, very attractive pieces that are still on their rookie contract for this to make any sense for other teams to to take take on Hayward. I think the team we have right now, Um, is the team we have I think I don't see any big major changes that are going to happen and I certainly don't think Bryce Harper is going to be wearing Chicago Cubs uniform for the foreseeable future
0: all right let's move on to the sixth inning now and of course we've talked about the strengths of the team now we need to talk about the weaknesses of the team and most notably That comes in the form of the bullpen, Chad. The Cubs' bullpen last year was just marked by injury after injury. Brandon Morrow, who's not 100%, probably will start the season on the DL. He will not be the closer going into 2019. Pedro Strope, who was the de facto closer, he got hurt going down the stretch in 2018. So I guess the question becomes, why hasn't this team made any significant moves to improve the bullpen? Because that, was certainly a concern in 2018 as far as closing out games we do not see anybody on that team that has really made any difference and we still haven't seen anybody that has made a difference yeah. is this a concern for you as we go into spring training you know uh you
1: know they didn't decide they decided not to bring chavez back i think he was the only guy really that yeah. a lot of people were excited about and, and felt extreme confidence um, I have a lot of faith in C.J. and, and Carl Edwards, Jr. I think he's going to get his his, his, his uh, yips kind of squared away because uh, I think he's an overpowering, strong um, uh, fastball pitcher that, that that baseball really is looking towards right now. You're right. We haven't made any big moves. Uh, I don't think the expectation, or maybe the Cubs did know, that Morrow wasn't going to be starting the year. Um, but can we just agree? Um, before we go any further, that Pedro Strope probably shouldn't be legging out any infield singles. He should just he should just go right to the <laughs> dugout next time. You know, my concern is again what I said earlier on: Will this team be healthy? Will this team be able to, um, you know, step up as they need to down the stretch uh, when this season starts? Uh, and it, you know, you mentioned this before on, offline. You know, right now starters they're tasked with going five six innings, and and it's really about the bullpen. Um, it always seems like the grass is always greener with other teams. I don't know if you feel that way as well, but there are a lot of really powerful uh, um, bullpens, and they only seem powerful when your team's struggling against them. And so for me, um, to wrap this up before we go to our interview, is just to say, I Moro needs to come back and Pedro has to step up because I don't think the Cubs are going to make a big four hundred and forty million million splash for Craig Kimbrell or anybody else out there
0: time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the friendly confines if you read about cubs baseball you know our next guest carrie musket who a longtime mlb.com writer uh certainly an author of many books that you i'm sure have read as a cubs fan kind enough to join us here on the seventh inning stretch uh carrie welcome to the friendly confines so glad to have you with us
2: Thanks, Ryan. I'm sure it's much nicer weather down there in Florida than it is here in Chicago. But we'll go,
0: yeah. I won't. I won't rub it in that it's only 80 degrees here today. I will oh, not only 80. Okay, that's right. Okay. I, I will not rub it in. Uh, Carrie, <laughs> so kind of you to take a few minutes with us. And so, why don't we jump into what we have uh, learned so far in this off season with the Cubs? Because it seems like a lot has been going on. Uh, let's start with the manager, of course, Joe Madden, going into the final year of his contract. Possibly uh, not going to manage this team beyond the 2019 season, um, but this isn't a shock to you uh, as it may be for other people. Why do you think that's the case?
2: Well, I think I think this is sort of the way that Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer, the uh, people that are, two people that are responsible for the Cubs baseball operations, this is sort of the way that they operate. Uh, it's it's show me they gave Joe a five year contract. This is the fifth year, and now it's you know they want to see if he's made some adjustments. Things have changed a little bit over the years. Yes, the Cubs have made it to the postseason each of the years under Madden, but uh, there've been some. There was sort of a lack of energy from the team uh, at the in 2018, and I think they want to see if Joe can make some adjustments. And to be perfectly honest, Madden is very seems very comfortable with this. Status as a so called lame duck manager because he looks at it as he's, uh, he's entering his free agent year. You know, he's got to prove to others that uh, he can still do the job. He joked during the winter meetings that he was reading a book about how to uh, deal with millennials, which is pretty much who makes up the roster on the Cubs these days. And he's going to go from there.
0: We're talking with Carrie Musket, of course, longtime MLB writer covering the Chicago Cubs for such a long time. You can find her at Carrie Musket on Twitter. Um, taking a few minutes here on the seventh inning stretch with Chad and Ryan. So Carrie, another big move the Cubs made. It appears as if for now, Addison Russell will be a member of this team this upcoming season. How do you think that is going to play out in the city of Chicago with all the legal issues that Russell has played? And do you think he can still be a viable player for this ball club moving forward into 2019?
2: Well, for just for a little background, for people who may not know, uh, Russell is currently uh, ended the season uh, placed on a 40 game suspension for violating the MLB domestic or not violating, but because of the MLB's domestic violence uh, policy, and he will not be available for the team until early May. I believe it's May third. In Addison has been undergoing therapy. He's been uh, very closely monitored by the Cubs. Uh, It's a subject that, to be honest, I'm not. uh, I'm hoping that he can uh overcome I know that he is a devoted father to his kids and uh, I'm just sort of I, I'm actually curious to see what the response will be I, I do believe the Cubs will try and make sure that any bench players that they add can help them in terms of uh, you know just for a practical standpoint just make sure they have enough bench players they can fill in in the middle infield but it's going to be tricky and it's going to be maybe uncomfortable for Russell in terms of the fan response. We'll just have to see.
0: All right, so the Cubs picked up the option on Cole Hamels. That was probably the biggest move they've made so far this offseason. Not much else really going on as of now. Of course, the name everybody keeps talking about, as you know, Carrie, is Bryce Harper. Where do you think, at the end of the day, Bryce Harper ends up? Do you still think there's a chance the Cubs will end up with Bryce Harper playing at Wrigley Field in 2019,
2: uh, I think there's absolutely no chance. Uh, to be perfectly honest, the Cubs have made it pretty clear that financially they don't have the budget to handle a contract like that, either. Either Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, and unless they can, unless Theo can somehow make room in the budget, which would require him to move someone like a Jason Hayward. Uh, who's got a lot of money left in his deal, uh, there's just no way that they, can, that they can take on a Harper contract.
0: We're talking with Carrie Muskett, of course, longtime MLB writer for the Chicago Cubs, and everybody who uh, is a Cub fan, I'm sure, has read her work, has authored uh, a few books, of course, about the Cubs. Um, from Santo to Banks to Sandberg, is that did I get that title right?
2: Well, actually, it's uh, Banks to Sandberg to Grace. Z-
0: Banks to Sandberg to Grace, and you can find that right. uh, on Amazon or local bookstores around the Chicagoland area, of course. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, it's it's a wonderful read for anybody who's a diehard Cub fan out there. Um, carrie the other move that the Cubs uh, obviously are are talking about is the pending free agency of Chris Bryant. Now, I know we still have a couple more years on his deal there, but there were reports that Bryant. Uh, turned down, and understandably, a $200 million deal. I know that sounds crazy when you say understandably, but knowing that Bryant would probably test the market a little bit, um, do you think that shows any sort of sign either way that you think eventually Bryant may or may not be a member of the Cubs uh, in the future?
2: Well, I I don't see that, but of course, um, the other, I have to add a caution, I don't see Chris leaving the Cubs on his own volition uh, the only cautionary add to that is that his agent is Scott Boris who also represents Bryce Harper and several other big name free agents and I know that his agent is very keen on making sure that Bryant and his and not just Bryant but but his all of his clients get the best deal possible I don't you know the fact uh, there yes there are reports that Chris turned down you know an extension type contract i'm sure every team has tried to lock up young players i mean the cubs did that with anthony rizzo they did that with starlin castro where they were able to uh, get these players to agree to a long-term contract which wasn't necessarily beneficial to the player in terms of the money that they make you know when you when you think of the contributions that anthony rizzo makes i think he's one of the lowest paid players regulars on their team um I, I just think Chris is smart enough that he will sort of wait and see how this plays out and and go from there and I know that he's getting uh, tremendous advice so that's that's all I've got.
0: Of course, the bullpen was something that uh, was a major concern for this team uh, last year with the injury to Morrow, and of course Carl Edwards Jr. was you know in and out of uh, favor with uh, Joe Madden. Do you feel like they have more work to do when it comes to uh, fortifying the bullpen um, going into 2019? Because that was certainly a need that I think needed some help uh, going into the off season.
2: Well, and um, you know, yes, Brandon Morrow missed. Just about most of the year because of because of various injuries. On the other hand, the bullpen did finish with the second best ERA in the National League at 3.65, just right behind the Dodgers. So, well, I'm sorry, that's that's just pitching in general. I should look at the look at the relievers, but um, but I do know that uh, they missed Morrow and they had a hard time filling in the gaps there. I think what they're looking at is to try and find some more bodies. I I had hoped that they would bring back Jesse Chavez, who was a real contributor at the end of the season. Uh, But I'm not sure that's not going to happen because he's already signed with the Rangers Um, They're right now. They're just looking for bodies and looking for depth and hopefully they can fill in because Morrow, it turns out, will not be ready by opening day. He had some minor debridement procedure done for his right elbow so uh he may not be ready until May. So they're going to be scrambling in the first month, trying to find a closer to, to fill in the gaps.
0: We're talking with, talking with Carrie Muskett, Of course, you can find her at Carrie Muskett on Twitter, longtime MLB.com writer uh, covering the Chicago Cubs. Um, Carrie, I'll, I'll leave you with this, and uh, you can tell me what you think. It's hard to think that uh, fans are concerned with a team that won 95 games. But when we see what the Brewers did and now the Cardinals have been making some moves in the offseason. They got Paul Goldschmidt. Um, do you think the Cubs are still uh, the team to beat in the NL central going into 2019?
2: Well, technically since the Brewers won the division, I guess you'd have to say that, that they're the, although it took 163 games to decide, but still they're, they're the team to beat since they won the division. Um, I just think, I think the Cubs pitching, in terms of their starters, is much better. There's no talk of this uh, using an opener like some of the teams did. But the biggest thing for the Cubs in 2019 will be to to watch how the young hitters develop. You know, Chris Bryan had an off year because of an injury to his shoulder. You know, Javi Baez had a breakout year. But then Kyle Schwarber and Ian Happ both kind of dropped and Wilson Contreras struggled. You know, you want to see these guys are young. Uh, They're going to have their third hitting coach in the last three years, and it's going to be interesting to see if the new hitting coach, uh, who's known a couple of these kids from his days as the Cubs minor league coordinator, if he can come in and sort of get them back on track, because the offense really sputtered in the
0: second half. Yeah, as you said, new pitching coach, new hitting coach, uh, Brandon Hyde now gone with the Orioles. Uh, Certainly a lot of changes uh, for the Cubs going into 2019 and beyond carry a uh, last, last question. What will the infield in your opinion look like? Do you think now that Daniel Murphy just signed with Colorado, what do you think that changes as far as the Cubs infield? Is that, is that hard to predict still, or do you think it just moves from Javi or Ian Happ or Zobris to just play every day at second base? How does that, how does that shape up in your opinion?
2: Well, I don't think, I don't think they were counting on Murphy coming back. Um, I'm I'm not sure they were going to match the contract that he got with the Rockies, but if you, if you, you know, for opening day, if we're talking opening day, you'll have Anthony Rizzo at first, you'll probably have uh, Ben Zobrist at second, and then uh, Javi Baez at shortstop because he'll be filling in while Russell is still finishing up his suspension. And then you've got Chris Bryan at third. So it's really not a bad infield. That's the infield that helped them win, um, you know, help them win the, the World Series in 2016, so it's not a bad combination.
0: Absolutely, you're 100 percent right. Well, thank you, Carrie, for joining us here on the seventh inning stretch. Carrie Musket, who you can find on Twitter at Carrie Musket, who uh, longtime baseball writer for the Chicago Cubs. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes with us. I hope you will be able to return to the friendly confines. We would love to have you on again, uh, time permitting for you.
2: Sure, no problem. We'll see you guys and talk to all the Cub fans in uh, 2019.
0: Thank you, Carrie. Happy holidays to you and your family. Thank you. Well, our thanks to Carrie Musk who takes the time to uh, talk to us. So great to hear her voice. Yeah, and, yeah. of course, if there's anybody that's plugged into Cubs baseball, Carrie knows exactly what's going on. So uh, great to have her on the program. I would say that if that
1: name didn't ring out, you have not been reading the bylines of where you're getting most of your Chicago Cubs actual news she is, without a doubt, the class of Cubs reporting and has, um, has been just the voice of this team for so many years and such a thrill to have her be a part of this podcast. So thank you, Carrie, for being, being a part of the 7th Inning Stretch.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Always great to have our guests on, uh, and we enjoy every single one of them. And we're going to bring you as many as we can throughout the entire season. So uh, stay tuned for more of those as the uh, podcasts keep coming along. So, Chad, we move on now to the eighth inning, and the NL Central has probably become arguably the best division in baseball. Uh, Are the Cubs still the team to beat in the NL Central? Your thoughts.
1: Well, you know, I've, I've always said going into every season since 15, um, you know, since after 15 ended, that, you know, the, the king is the king. And until you unseat the king, um, you know, the top team and who, who finished better, um, they, are the, they are the class. And, and right now, you know, with the Brewers outlasting the team. Uh, um, I'm not altogether sure that, that the Cubs um, have that, that, that target on their back right now. And that could be a really positive thing. The weight of expectations are 90 miles north in Milwaukee. And the weight of historical expectations are on the St. Louis Cardinals, who have made some really big moves as well. Um, we cannot discount anybody in the league from the Reds, to the Pirates. It, it, this is a this is a lineup um, of of Central Division uh, foes that uh, they they saw the window that the Cubs are in, and they basically said, "Hey, we've got to stock up here because otherwise the Cubs are just going to roll over on us." And we saw the moves that the the Brewers made. Um, after the All-Star break, and it obviously worked out for them, but they have to be able to maintain that. It's 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 a lot harder to come back and repeat, as the Cubs have shown. So, what do you think? Are the Cubs in well, class? Who's got the bullpen, or who's got the well, bullseye? Rather,
0: well, re- real quick, let me just do this. Are the Cubs better than the Brewers right now, in your opinion? Yes or no? Well, healthy, absolutely, yeah, healthy. Okay. I think the pitching staff
1: uh bodes well. It was an offensive explosion that that really finished it up at the end of the year. I mean, they had more offense. Our offense petered out. So, yeah. Uh, Right now, the Cubs pitching is stronger.
0: Um, the Brewers' offense, uh, you know, not too bad. Okay. Are the Cubs better than the Cardinals as the Cardinals have revamped a little bit? Yes or no? You
1: know, I, I still think they are. I think the uh, the Cardinals uh, have a lot of issues. I mean, is does Dexter Fowler come back and play all-star baseball? That's a, that's a big – that's an impact.
0: They're I don't right think like Dexter Fowler is even going to be starting for the Cardinals next year. I, yeah. I mean – the, the Cardinals obviously went out and they got Paul Goldschmidt. They got Andrew Miller to fortify their bullpen on that end. Um, and let's not – I'm not saying that they're going to contend, but let's not take anything away from the Cincinnati Reds right now. They got Yasiel Puig. They got Matt Kemp. Yeah. They got Alex Wood. Oh, yeah. Um, they got some talent as well. And, and you did you know mention that, that this is a team right now in the Cubs that – are the Cubs good? Absolutely. Are they a great team? Yeah, they're a great team. But I got to tell you, Chad – It concerns me because the Cardinals got a lot better, the Brewers got a lot better, and the Reds got a lot better. I don't think the Reds are better than the Cubs, but it it always is more invigorating for a franchise, for a locker room. When you see that your team is making moves to improve your ball club, you feel a sense of, hey, we're getting the right guys around us to, to energize that team. And the Cubs have not done anything like that. They are standing pat. And these are still tremendous players. But I got to tell you, I really think that the Cardinals and the Brewers right now could potentially be better than the Cubs. In 2019, I, mean, I don't mean to be a downer here when I say this. I'm but stunned. I like I'm stunned the that, that they're yeah. making. I'm stunned that Daniel
1: Disko fell. I'm I'm stunned that he is not the pickup that you were hoping to see walk through the. the, 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 the <laughs> you know, I I agree with you. Um, I I I, you're right. And I think there, you know, there's opportunities for moves to be made right now. Everybody else seems to be making a lot uh, bigger moves than the Cubs are. I trust in this front office. I also am really excited about the fact that the the Bullseye's not on the back of the, this team. They have an opportunity to sneak up on some others. The weight of expectations is on everybody else. So let's move on to the ninth inning. And I am gonna I'm gonna lead off because I have a hot take. We don't normally do a lot of hot takes, but our ninth inning like topic is off season predictions. You can go anywhere with this. It could be a Cubs offseason prediction. It could be a baseball offseason prediction. Here is my offseason prediction, and unless you've talked to me at a pub, this is the first time you've heard it. I think you are going to see Bryce Harper in a Chicago uniform. I think the White Sox should pull out all stops, allow and, and, and make the signing necessary to bring in a star superpower um, marquee player and have Bryce Harper be a Chicago White Sox. And it, what it does it allows, if they are best buddies, it allows them to spend time together, hang out together, play, you know, I'm sure the place categories are some very, very, uh, uh, you know, good, <laughs> very, very low-key. They're not out on the town at the club is what I'm basically saying. Bryce Harper could help sell season tickets for the White Sox. And think about this. Chris Bryant and Bryce Harper could be on every billboard in Chicago. My hot take, Bryce Harper, White Sox 2019 in a monster deal.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a that's a great take actually. I'm not I'm not disputing that at all. I think that's a really good take. Um, puts them there. But I think when it's all said and done, uh, I personally believe the uh, LA Dodgers are going to sign Bryce Harper. I, I really truly think that they cleared all that space. You know the Puigs and the Kemp's and the Woods, and and they're trying to you know get rid of some more players because they are so deep. Um, So they can empty the pockets on Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, who grew up in Las Vegas, L.A. is, you know, pretty close by. He's a West Coast kid. Um, So I think personally that if Bryce is not able to play for the Cubs, he's going to want to play for a team that has deep pockets, that he can play and live on the West Coast near his family and um, certainly can make a name for himself in Los Angeles, the city of stars. And having him and Mike Trout in the same yeah. market uh, is going to be tremendous. So I'm going to kind of move him a little further West and not just play with another superstar in Chris Bryant, but the best player in baseball on the other uh, in the other league in Mike Trout. So I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Bryce Harper officially signing with the Dodgers when this is all said and done.
1: I love it. Ryan, this wraps up 2019, our very first episode, you know, I just have to say, when we started this podcast, um, you know, we had hoped that, that, that people would be drawn to what we were sharing and, and, and our takes and, and especially the incredible lineup of guests that we've been able to bring into play. So a heartfelt thank you to all the listeners. And, and if you are, uh, make sure you find us on the Chicago Cubs uh, Friendly Confines Facebook page. Ryan, you could share where you can find both of us on Twitter. You know, let us know. Be interactive. Let us know who you want to hear from. Um, And also let us know when you disagree and let us know if you you have some questions or some, some topics that you want us to tackle. We want this to be as interactive as possible, and we want to keep you guys coming back. And I can't tell you how excited I am that it's 2019 because that means baseball is right around the corner.
0: It's coming soon, buddy. It certainly is. All right. Well, for Chad, I'm Ryan. Thanks for joining us on the Friendly Confines, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. See you at the ballpark.
2: <laughs> Don't let anyone say that it's just a game. For I've seen other teams and it's
1: never the same. When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're afield The first time you walk into Rigoli